This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, our twice weekly show on a Tuesday and a Friday at 5 pm UK time every single week. Um, and yeah, this is the third show of the day after the lowest point of my Arsenal supporting life yesterday. I can't actually. A bit tired. I actually had a, I had a nap. I don't know if that's embarrassing to to admit to, but I actually had a, had a nap. Twenty six year old guy having a nap is that embarrassing? I don't think it is. I, I think it's just part of life uh, as an Arsenal fan. I think naps are necessary now. It's part. It's going to become part of me. You know, sleep away my sorrow. That that is what it's going to be from now on. Um, <laughs> oh God. um no i got up i went for a walk i usually go for a 5k run on a friday but i didn't have the energy for that i'll be real doing these eight o'clock shows on wednesday i did wednesday get up at eight do the show and then go for a 5k i usually do the 5k on a wednesday and a friday i'm gonna have to do it on sunday now but i just i didn't have that much energy so i did a walk instead walked to the shop got a chicago town pizza there's some free promotion um for them um but uh yeah that's gonna be dinner for me in the other half so uh yeah but i've just and then i've just talked about arsenal a lot today a lot really loads absolutely loads today uh on twitter on here talked about transfers talked about who i'm keeping go check out the other two shows that we did today by the way um and if you hadn't guessed already this this let's talk arsenal show on our friday is a lot more waffly it's a lot more chatty it's a lot more kind of grounded um and a socializing kind of solo event at times and a, a lot goes on with you guys in the chat box so make sure that you do be putting in your messages because we talk about all the topics that you guys want to cover we get your thoughts we get your feelings um, and we get basically a gauge of how you're thinking, which I, I know I have a lot of empathy for right now. Um, there's a few things that we want to talk about. The main the main kind of starting point is, as the thumbnail suggests, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about ownership of Arsenal, what it means, where it's going to go, what could happen, what won't happen, um, and fingers crossed what we hope will happen. So we're going to talk about all of that. But I hope you're well in the chat. I hope you've uh, had a, a decent day in recovery. Have you re- have you recovered yet? Do let me know. If you put it to the back of your mind, you're not even thinking about it. If you are, why the hell are you here? But thank you for coming. But it's uh, it's been a tricky kind of, not 24 hours yet, but 18 hours or so. Um, 
but yeah, we uh, we will get there. We will get over it. Football is a non-stop business, so there's plenty more football and seasons to come where hopefully things can turn around. Hello in the chat box, everyone. Matt G, good to have you in here, mate. Uh, F4 Freestylers says, Arteta out and Cronky out. Um, Vinny says, there we go. We're started. We're good. Um, the sound is a bit off, he says, a bit crackly. Um, I, I hope it's fine. I hope it's okay. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Let me know if the audio is fine. It should be. Um, Zemir says, I said this morning, uh, Zordon sounds like a legit robot today. I, was I crackly? I don't know. I, I'm sorry if I was. I'm going to have to listen back now. My, my old social start to the pod has been thrown off by this. Apologies. Do let me know in the chat if the sound quality is, is repaired and fine. Um, geez. Okay. Let's start. Let's talk about first things first. I should say the show is as of always sponsored by football prizes. There's no, uh, members giveaway today because we did it earlier in the week on the discord server. It was assigned Kieran Tierney shirt, which was won by someone. Um, <laughs> and this week, uh, and this week we've got Tony Adams signed shirt, which is going to run out next Friday. So if you want to, you can you can sign this one. My son ringing me. Um, yeah, so if you want to, you can you can try and win that one. So that'd be great. Um, fantastic stuff. Go for it. Try and win it. I don't know why on earth. I'm actually going to switch. Uh, I'm going to switch things very so quickly. So I'm just got a different audio, and I can sort out that other one. Hopefully, I sound a little bit different, and you can hear me a lot better. I don't know why my microphone's being a bit strange today. Maybe it's just given up, like Arsenal has, pretty much. That's that's the way we're we're working right now. Um, I'm going to switch it back in a second, and fingers crossed, it's going to be okay again. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on at all at this stage. Um, let's talk about the ownership struggle. Let's talk about Daniel Ek. Let's talk about. Um, the, the actual main problem with the club, the main issue, um, the for me, and I don't know if it is just me, um, but I really have this kind of dreading feeling that not much is going to change. I really hope it does. I really hope that we can get to a stage where we see a different ownership in charge of Arsenal, but I just really can't see it happening right now. Um, and that really worries me um, because... I want to see change as much as the next guy or girl. I really do. I really want to see this club go in a completely different direction. But I just, there's just something inside me that just tells me that it's not going to happen. And it's just the constant kind of frustration, I suppose, that builds up and the constant monotonous, same old feeling that I get with this club and the stubbornness that we've come to expect from this ownership continuously that just for me you can see that the fraud oh, just the tension in my face i just get so angry thinking about the cronkies right now um i want to see the takeover happen what needs to happen though and what we must do as fans because if there's one thing that these last few weeks have taught me it's that fans have a voice and fans have power we didn't have enough power to influence yesterday's performance but we had power as a unified fan base, not just Arsenal fans, but everybody, all of the Arsenal, all of the Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, all of the rest of the footballing pyramid united against the Super League and things changed. There is no competitiveness in the rest of the Premier League fixtures and there are opportunities for further protests to take place. And if they are done in the right way, and that's without violence, that's without stupidity, that's without abuse, that's without silliness, 
is the most polite way I can put it. Um, and it's shown in the manner that we saw a lot of people, 99% of people at the Cronky Out protest in the same week as the Super League on that Friday. This, there's an opportunity. And I'm hoping that that happens. I'm hoping it, it does. Um, and I'm hoping that the, the restrictions are loosened and we're still protesting so I can go up and get involved myself. Um, but the thing is about this Daniel X situation is there's always going to be for me this the worrying factor. The factor of me going is not necessarily as the grass greener because I think anything's better than what we've got right now. But there's always the worry that whoever comes in is is going to make the same mistakes, is going to do this, is not going to be able to deliver what we want. And we're not going to have necessarily someone that's going to bankroll us either or invest heavily in the club. I want that. Trust me. I'd love that. We all cry and we all moan um, about kind of, we all moan about Chelsea and Man City spending all this money. And we do it because one, there used to be a bit of soul in football. There used to be a bit about kind of building up a club from the bottom up. And now it's very much from the top down. And what frustrates me about the irony of it, I suppose, is that now we know that the only way that we're ever going to compete with those at the top is that if we spend in the same way as those people at the top. And I, I need it needs to happen. I want it to happen because I've got kind of soul in football has gone, and you only ever see very rare instances of clubs being able to really succeed without pumping loads of money. And we saw it with Liverpool, and they've recruited and sold really well. The issue with Arsenal is things are, things are in such a bad state. I'm not sure that we can get there anywhere near as quickly as they did. You can see things like Leicester winning the league when they did with that squad, which is a very different squad. To all. Arguably, the squad that won the league with them is not even as good as their squad they have now, which is quite hilarious. Um and there's, for me, Arsenal have been run so poorly for so long that it's going to take a ridiculous amount of time for things to turn around. Um, so we just have to wait and see. There's my kind of small monologue about frustrations, about the ownership and the situation we find ourselves in. I want to know what you guys are saying. I want to know what you lot are saying in the chat box. So, Phillips, with your thoughts and with your feelings, I'm going to scroll up and try and get some earlier thoughts. I'm hoping the sound quality is a little bit better. I'm going to switch back to my other mic in just a second because I'm using these headphone ones at the moment because I don't know what's going on with this thing. Um, Michael Headley says, Cronky can sell us to Eck and buy a baseball team. He doesn't have one of those. <laughs> we can only hope. It's going good, Coleman. Good to have you in the chat. Uh, Holly says, it's not just you, Tom. I can't see Cronky selling at the moment either. Uh, Vinny says, if he's going to sign as a fan base, we need to be appealing to Spotify to give us a tune. I mean, as long as it's a drum bass one, Vinny, I'm all on board, son. I mean, representing Shogun Audio today. So shout out to Friction. He's got a new single out. If you want to go check it out, he came on the show a few weeks back. Uh, Ansgar says, Arteta is so serious, and yet it seems like he is totally out of his depth. It hurts to listen to him. It seems so smug. I don't know if smug's the right word. I watched his interviews. He looked like he was on the verge of tears yesterday. Um, I mean, I was on the verge of tears yesterday. Um, but this morning when you saw the interview with him and he kind of knows what the issue is. He believes, obviously, the wholehearted issue is, is the players in the squad. I believe that there is very much that is part of the problem. But I also think there is a huge factor 
in him being an issue in his stubbornness and his lack of in-game management technique and the way that he sets the team up, the way that he persists with certain players, the way that we don't really have a style, the way that we can't break teams through centrally and really kind of overload the wide areas, which is a very easy thing to recognise if you're the opposition and defend against. And we're not very, we're not malleable. We don't change very easy our tactics and how we play the game. We're very one-dimensional is probably the better way to say it. And that, all of those things together is down to him and the coach. And it's taken me a season to kind of really see it. I've had a few people come to me and say, I've, I've, we've seen this. We saw this months ago. Why didn't you see it? And I've said, I did see it. But the thing is, I was hoping it would change because I'm an optimistic person. And I hope that things change and I can pray that things change. And the reason why my mind is changing is because it's not changing on the pitch. <laughs> the lack of change is causing a change in my own mind. And, and that's where I'm at right now. So it's not a case of me being oblivious to these things earlier on. It's me seeing those and thinking, OK, he's an inexperienced coach. There's going to be mistakes. But surely... As a mature adult, you can see those mistakes and change them later on down the line. But that's not what has happened. I'm going to switch back to my other microphone now. So fingers crossed it's okay. Please let me know in the chat box. Don't be cheeky. Don't lie. Okay. That's hopefully sounding a little bit more like me now. Um, Sahil says, Tom, after reading the Onana rumor, it's clear how Kroenke are going to invest, and I am more worried now. I mean, the, I don't know much about him. I do plan on researching him, and I've seen him in the Champions League for them, and he's been, you know, up and down. Um, but, yeah, we're going to get... Can you not hear me at all now? Oh, clean and Chris. Ansgar. <laughs> You're trying to mug me off, son. No cheekiness. No cheekiness, please. MIL says, our identity last season was counter-attack, and this season I don't know what our identity is because I don't see it. Uh, Joel says that the Onana links are interesting because he is banned at the moment. He's banned from playing. He had a doping situation. There is an appeal in June, as far as I'm aware, um, and that means that he could be available to play. But, I mean, why would you sign it? Imagine It's very Arsenal. Arsenal go out and sign a player that's banned from playing. Is the most... It goes above Kim Kallstrom. It's like Kim Kallstrom's evolved into Onana in the terms of that signing. It's ridiculous. That is that is the most Arsenal thing I've ever seen. But he does have this appeal in June. So fingers crossed if that is the case for him. Not even a case of Arsenal signing him. But if that does get overturned, I don't know what the situation is. He might have actually done something horribly wrong. But sometimes they are genuine mistakes. Sometimes they take like medicinal stuff, which is they think they're taking to make them feel better. And it's actually contains an illegal substance. That they never knew was banned by the sport. So it's, it's, it's not uncommon. These things do happen. And then you have a Nazri that decides to, you know, post it on social media that he's, he's gone and done that, which was hilarious. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, Deary me. Uh, Vinny says, why the hell do goalkeepers need to dope? He can't bloody run. <laughs> uh, Hellfire Gaming says, Arsenal should be banned for doping too. Uh, Arsenal Granny says, uh, Charles Watch, uh, Watch Watts has an article on goal. The other clubs, other clubs are interested in him as well. Uh, I mean, he, as far as I'm aware, it was pretty highly rated. They've been, I think they've been using what's to Kellenberg while Onana's not been there and it's to Kellenberg is like old. He's like 37, 38, something like that. I'm sure he's really old. He was like Everton when he was like 33. I might be completely wrong. I'm going to check that. Otherwise, it's really going to 
Martin Stekellenberg is 38. There you go. Knowledge. <laughs> Knowledge. It's all that. Yeah, too much FIFA. That's why I've given it up now. Porky Pork says, at this point, what this club needs is a total overhaul from the top to bottom. Even by some miracle, we get Eck on board. The years of transition we need, the fans will struggle with, but we need it now. And this is where I am at. This is where I'm at, Ryan, because the thing is, is that Arsenal need a change. They need to just rip three, rip three, rip free of this kind of the anchor that is the Cronky ownership that's holding us down. Listening, if you haven't heard it already, go listen to Andrew on Ask Blog chatting to Tim Payton. I know a lot of people aren't the biggest fan of Tim. Whatever you think of him, it was an interview where Ask Blog talked to Tim about X conversations with him so it's not a case of listening it to you like someone it's listening it it's listening to it because you want to hear what Daniel Ek has actually said to the AST and it was interesting to kind of hear about the fact that he's very much kind of wants fans on board um he he wants kind of that fan representation he wants to bring the Arsenal DNA back to the club um and and I get all that but I don't know how you do that because fan representation on the board, and I, I like the idea of communication, consultation. Don't get me wrong. I think that's great. Fan representation is is interesting. My, my views have kind of changed on it because Andrew asked a really good question um, to Tim where he basically said, well, how would that work? Because, and he used the analogy of, if you if you sat three Arsenal fans down in a room, and you gave them a topic to talk about, it would basically devolve into absolute chaos within minutes because Arsenal fans notoriously cannot agree on many, many things. And absolutely, one fan's view of the club is very, very different to another fan. And so a fan's vision of what they want, a fan representation of what they want, is going to be really difficult to kind of to put forward. And I don't think many fans are would be that great at running a football club, to be honest. I don't think I'd be that great. I like to think I know my, my way around a fair few, like identifying some players and stuff. Sure, throw me on the recruitment team, if you like. But running a club, absolutely no chance. Absolutely. Yeah. Luke Howard, I disagree, Tom. Yeah, so you see what I mean. <laughs> um a bit, it's, it would be ridiculous if a fan was on the board of making decisions. And it's it's funny because all these people saying like Arteta's being really stubborn and not going. And trust me, I've said it now. I put out a whole show yesterday saying he should be sacked. But if you're a, if you're a fan, as we know that Arteta is certainly an Arsenal fan, maybe not in the same sense that we are, but he's definitely loves the club. There's I have no doubt about that. Unconditionally, I'm sure. If you were in charge of Arsenal and the results were really, really poor, you would, if we're being very real, on the whole, I imagine the majority of people probably wouldn't resign because one, you've got your dream job. Two, you would feel like you are at fault, you are to blame, and you want to redeem yourself. You want to turn things around. You want to be the person to, to change stuff. So, and this analogy fits into the idea of fans being on the board because I just think that fans are so opinionated. And we I say fans, and I include myself in this, we're so opinionated and we are so headstrong and so blinkered at times. And the majority of people really can't really change their minds in a public sense that 
it would just devolve into chaos. Um, I mean, you look at Barcelona. Barcelona is a very kind of fan-led situation. All the execs are huge Barcelona fans, and they're hugely influenced by the fan base. The elections that go on, et cetera, et cetera, the, the presidential elections, which means that you've got to kind of rally and, and put your points across. And you want to put the points across that fall in line with the majority of the fan base. So you get voted in by its members. And you look at Barcelona now, declining consistently in millions and millions and millions of euros worth of debt. And that all comes from the issue of fans running a club. I don't particularly want to see fans making decisions on the board. I want to see fans consulted. That's what I would like to see is fans. I mean, Chelsea are, are working towards a model. It's a little bit like that. I want to see fans consulted. I want to see because stuff like the Super League, for instance, never would have happened if we as a fan base, and I go for all clubs on this, if fans had been consulted about their thoughts and ideas about a Super League in England, no way would this have happened. They would have known that the reaction it was going to get and they wouldn't have had to do the embarrassment of apologising for it. And fans need more communicative kind of essence with the club for sure. But I don't want to see fan decision-making on the boards. Absolutely um, do not want to see it. I want to see communication. I want to see a clear vision. I want to see... Uh, more frequent dialogue. I want to see Q&As. I want to see the fan forums happening more often. I want to see people taking ownership of what's going on at the club. And I want to see the owner, not Josh, not, not the owner's son. I want to see the owner, the guy who owns my club, your club, our club, actually speak. And an interesting point that was in the interview with Tim Payton was that in it, he said that when Stan Kroenke took over Arsenal, there was, in the contracts, in the legislature, whatever terminology you want to use, in the paperwork, there was words that said that Stan Kroenke would communicate with fans. There would be those fan forums, the AGM-style sort of things, where he would answer questions. And Tim basically turned around and said that in the style that it was written and what was written down has not happened once. It's not happened. Not once. Uh, and that's a joke. For a billionaire to take over that, you should be fulfilling every single part that you have bought into. Are we surprised? No, we're not. Not at all. Not whatsoever. Let's get some more thoughts. Rancis, I, I like your dream. Sadly, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much where I'm at. It's, it's, it's just defeat right now. But I'm also invigorated to the point where we need to keep the protesting going. We need to keep making our voices heard. That's what we need to see. Matt G says, I think fans can input in the club, not be responsible for the final decisions, but just be given a say and an opportunity to share their thoughts. And again, Matt, I agree with you, but it's just how we do that. How do we represent what the fans want? Do I want Tim Payton being the guy? No, because his views could be, I don't really know him, could be very different to mine or how I think things should go. And I'm sure that there's a lot of things that I think that the club could go. I've been wrong before. I've been wrong about a few things. I'm sure I would be wrong if I was to make decisions for the club. So 
what my vision is, what your vision is, it's not going to be what's ultimately always going to be 100% best for the club. So how do we do it? It's really difficult to find the balance and to find the right way. And that's why I think consultation, mass consultation, Q&As, fan forums, more frequent dialogue and open and honest viewpoint of the way that the club wants to move forward, targets being set out, seeing if they're reached or not by certain points. We want to be uh, here in X amount of years and so on and so on. And if it's not met, then there's obviously going to be fallout from that being managers being sacked. So if the target this season was top four and to get into a certain position in the cup competitions, which we've not achieved, then the manager should have gone. But we don't know what the parameters are. We don't know what the targets were. We can assume that the target was to get into the top four. We can assume that the target was to win the Europa League. But that's not happened. And we've gone backwards. And yet we're still keeping the coach because there's no accountability still at our football club. And it's a big, big problem. Um, Sahil says, fans running the club. Remember the Lampard West Ham clip? Noah says, be loud, be angry until it changes. Make their lives hell. Uh, Mark Thomas says, uh, Tim is democratically elected. Uh, I'm, uh, he is. You're right. I know he is. That's on the AST, though. And that's the thing. He's, he's elected by the AST's members, which is in that group. But obviously, the AST. Some people very, very outright refuse to be part of it. Um for their own reasons. And you can't say that the AST, no matter who is elected, are going to put forth the, the best ideas. Um, so it's, it doesn't matter because that, demo, that demo, democracy is, is so kind of insular and it's, it's such a microclimate of that situation that it's not going to be representative of what's best for the whole fan base, ultimately. It's probably one of the best kind of figureheads of the fan base. It's the Arsenal Supporters Trust. But even if it's in a very closed situation because you have to sign up to be a member, going to be elected whoever's leading it. I mean, Tim even said on the pods with Andrew, he was like, I don't want to, I don't even want to do that. I don't even want to be on the board sort of thing. He said he wouldn't want to be on the board. So it's, it's that's the thing. It's a really, really tricky kind of balance to work out. And uh, I'm not sure if it's actually feasible, to be honest. Um, Cayman says, should we be boycotting games? Obviously watching on the telly now and leaving the stadium empty when we are allowed back. Cayman, we should be doing anything we can to hit Cronky in his pocket because that is the only way, the only way he feels anything is when his money is affected. That's the only way that he's affected. He doesn't care. He's not emotionally attached. He's cold. He doesn't care about how we feel as a fan base. Because if they did, they wouldn't have signed up for a Super League and they would have been consulting us. It's as simple as that. So the only way that you hit them is in their pocket. And by the way, this is, and I've said in the thumbnail title, this is the priority. Cronky out is the 100%. I mean, I saw someone put a poll out. It might have been, it might have been Danny from Burkamp Wonderland, actually. He's a great guy. Go check out Burkamp Wonderland. Um, I think he put a tweet out that said, would you rather have KSA in and Arteta out? Or Arteta out and KSC in. Did I just say the same thing twice? I don't think I did. You know, you know what I mean. Um, and I, and I think it was ninety percent of people voted for KSC out, Arteta in. And I couldn't believe that's not high enough. That 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 is not high enough. And I'm sure there might be a few votes that maybe from rival fans or whatever. But that's not high enough of a percentage of the fan base. Ninety percent is not high enough of the amount of people that should be wanting as a priority the owner to leave. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
that 90% of people or rather 10% of people would still rather see the manager go over the ownership. That's crazy. Trust me, I'd rather have both of them gone at this point. But the fact that 10% of the fan base, which if you consider the millions of fans, that's hundreds of thousands on average if you're taking it as a sample size, that would rather see Arteta gone than Kroenke gone, is just shows the lack of kind of perspective that there is. 10% is too much for that to be wrong. Absolutely. Harish says, Tom, if we got Arteta sacked, who should we look to get next? My picks are Luis Enrique and Dragan Stojkovic. Um, Luis Enrique is an interesting one, obviously. He did well at Barca. I'm intrigued to see how he gets on at his first tournament. I think this is his first tournament. It is his first tournament um, because obviously he's, I think it was his daughter that passed away. And so he, he missed um, quite a lot, um, which is awful. But he's, he's having his first tournament this summer. So it'll be intriguing to see how Luis Enrico does with the Spanish side. And then I don't know much about uh, Stojkovic at all, to be honest. So I'm not going to comment on him. But there's a few names that have cropped up recently. Galtier is one, the Lille manager. Um, Gasparini is another, the Atalanta manager. And the interesting thing about those two is that Gasparini and, and, and Galtier have obviously taken two teams Lille and Atalanta in their respective leagues that weren't necessarily Champions League teams um, and ever so recently have become established in the Champions League because of their work. Um, more so uh, Atalanta and obviously more recently Lille with how they performed. Um, and now Lille look like they could clinch the, the Liga title, which is amazing, an amazing achievement. Um, and it's an amazing achievement for the French League as well, seeing the competitiveness of this season. Absolutely fantastic to see. Same with La Liga, same with um, uh, Serie A in terms of kind of the top four compet competitive competitiveness, I suppose. Um, but those two interest me because they've kind of taken teams that were not as good and in kind of less competitive positions into very competitive positions. So maybe that's a good choice. Uh, Ryan G says Conte, so does SJ Chan. And, and for me, Conte is like dream scenario. He's the guy that's come to the Premier League, taken Chelsea from the worst position, took them to a Premier League title, has gone to Inter Milan, has won them the league title and broken the Juventus. I think it's a nine-season run of winning the title. Yeah, 100%. Conte is, is, is dream scenario. But I don't think that that was going to happen. I don't know why he would leave Inter. I don't know why he would leave that situation at the moment. Surely you would take them into the Champions League next season, have a run at that, go as far as you can with them. Um, Arsenal ultimately missed out on some big, big coaches in the past. And, and Arsenal is a very much a hindsight club. Hindsight, and we probably should have moved on from Wenger earlier uh, and gone for a Klopp or gone for a Pep Guardiola. And we didn't. And we've left it very late. And then we've made some bad decisions. We got in Emery, who just when you think about the managers that were available at the time, and then we went for Emery, was just a little bit hilarious. Um, and then we've gone for an inexperienced coach to take on a huge job. Uh, and that's not Arteta's fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. Um, it's the club's fault for, for appointing him. So it's it's 
we have to go and bring someone in that has got pedigree, that has got... And that's even if it goes... And the thing is, I think this is a moot point at the end of the day because I don't see Arteta going. I do not see Arteta being sacked. It's a pointless conversation, really, because I, I don't I don't see it. I mean, we've heard from the likes of James Ollie, David Ornstein, that the club have no intentions. They're not happy with the situation, but they are willing to kind of give Arteta the summer to see what he can do with a better squad. I don't know how they're going to do that because to get a better squad, we need investment. We've never got investment really before. So how is that going to happen? I don't know. Mark Thomas says, what do you think of Zidane? I don't know what he can do outside of Real Madrid, Mark. It's, it's a, that's a risk. And I think he's had untold money and untold quality at Real Madrid um, and has struggled without Ronaldo. If we're being real, I mean, then they're not looking like they're going to win La Liga. They've been knocked out of the Champions League. It, it's They're not in the Copa del Rey. They got knocked out by lower league opposition Alcoyano, I think, if memory serves me right. It, so I, I don't I don't think Zidane is would be a good choice. Bielsa, I'm seeing people saying, the thing about Bielsa is I don't know if I want someone that's that kind of all guns blazing, all or nothing um, type of coach. Because Arsenal are historically bad defensively. Um, and I don't know if the style of going for a team that can blitz someone and just try and outscore them is ever going to work. Liverpool didn't win their title by doing that, even though they used to really kind of outscore teams. They shifted tactics. And that's what won them the league by getting in some good defensive players in Fabinho and Van Dijk and Alisson to really kind of propel them to that next level. I don't know if... I don't know if Bielsa would be the right choice. But again, it's really kind of... I, I get frustrated doing these conversations because I just can't see change. I can't see us changing coach. So, yeah. It's it's just a bit tough to kind of have those conversations. You know, Ahmad says uh, Gareth Southgate. Now, the thing about Gareth Southgate is that whilst I have reservations about the guy, I think that Gareth Southgate gets a hell of a lot of stick. <laughs> I really do. Like, this is a guy that took England to a semi-final of a World Cup. Um, and that's the best that we've done in in my really kind of living memory um, as, as an England fan. And I know he's got a much better... You say a much better... We had some amazing... We used to have some really good English players um, even when I was growing up. So I think he gets a lot more stink. I don't think it would transition necessarily to club football. I think he's an international coach and I think he kind of fits that system. So, yeah, I, we don't know what he's like about his recruitment, how he does that. So um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um F4 Freestyle says, do you see Daniel Ek doing the takeover? I don't see it happening if it's going to happen soon. I see a bid going in. I don't see it being accepted. Um, I, I don't see that being accepted at all. I think it would take two plus billion. Whatever number it's going to take, it's going to have to have a two in front of it. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, not a one point something. So if, and and what the, what I heard was that it was basically 1.8 million and it's being left on the table. And it's basically, look, we're going to offer you 1.8 billion. I don't know why I said million. 1.8 billion for this. And if you go, no, we'll be like, okay. I'm just going to leave that there. If you ever want to change your mind, there's the offer. Um, which I don't think is the right way to go about it. That's how I got my house. <laughs> so it, it does work. That's how I got my house. We put our offer in. They said, no, we want more. And I was like, okay. We're going to go look at other houses and uh, we'll leave this there 
for 24 hours. I think I said 48 hours. And then you can make your mind up. And then they called us the next day saying, yeah, well, we'll accept your offer. So it can work. <laughs> it, it does work. Like you, you can leave stuff like that. But um, it's, I don't see how a club that is valued at over 2 billion, they would accept 1.8 billion for it. Just doesn't, that doesn't add up really in my mind. Um, Peter Renner says, Tom, would you take sport in Lisbon's Ruben uh, Al Morim? I haven't watched a lot of um, sport in Lisbon this season, to be honest. Um, what I have, though, is that I'm uh, from working at 101. I know the PR guy who does, uh, he's a Benfica fan and he does a lot of PR for ben Benfica and he's, he's getting us some really good interviews and stuff. And he, I was speaking to him about Sporting Lisbon because I was hopefully going to organise a chat with one of Sporting Lisbon's players, which still could happen. It might happen at the end of the season. It was, it's a player that you know. I can't tell you who it is yet, but it's going to be exciting for 101 and I'll try and get some clips onto TGT. Um, but uh, he is a Benfica fan, obviously. Take this with a pinch of salt because he's obviously going to be a bit biased and I thought he was a bit biased in what he was saying. But he basically said that this is a one-off for Sporting. He feels that it's a, a one-off season. He feels that Benfica have just not been at it, as we saw this, I mean, Arsenal were able to beat them in the Europa League, so that tells you how poor they are. Um, the Porto have been a bit up and down, and he feels like next season, with the pandemic as well, uh, pandemics apparently hit Benfica really badly, and next season, the dominance of Sporting will, will drop off again. This is their first... I was writing a piece about Ronaldo the other day, and this is the first title that Sporting will win, if they do win. It's still not confirmed, I don't think, just yet. If Sporting win the title, it's the first title they've won since the year before Ronaldo's debut for the senior team. So Ronaldo, I think, had his debut in the season that they were champions in the senior side. And yes, I think that was like 2002-03 or something like that. So it's been a hell of a long time. And he felt like... Um, he feels that it's it's a one-off thing. Does that mean the coach has done a bad job? I don't know, but I haven't watched them enough. They've got some decent young players. We've been linked to a couple of them. I really like Pedro um, uh, Conchalves, uh, Portuguese attacking midfielder. He used to be in Wolves Academy. He went to Spain. He's come back to Portugal. He started off in Braga. He's a very exciting young attacking midfield talent. Scores a lot of goals from midfield. Someone I think that Arsenal maybe should take a look at because he's a goal scorer. I think he might cost a fair chunk. Um, Sporting do like to get their money, as do other Portuguese teams for their players. Um, not only him, we've been linked to Thiago Tomas, uh, the the Portuguese striker, 18-year-old. He looks a lot older than 18, and he's massive, but he's very talented. Uh, so they have a decent squad, Sporting. I mean, I've been to Lisbon and watched them play, and I saw a Bruno Fernandes free kick go in the top corner, and then he went to United, and it was an absolute killer because he was a joy to watch. But no, I've not seen enough of Sporting this season um, to really know. But there's some information uh, on them for you. SJ Chan says, the club is probably not worth 2.8 billion because there's no Europa and Champions League leaking money all over the place. Uh, what um, what uh, I would say about the money is, is that Arsenal are going to get a fair chunk from coming in, uh, from, from being in the semi-finals of, of the Europa League. So... They're, they're going to get a fair chunk of money for that, uh, which is positive. Um, obviously, last season, we got knocked out in the round of 32, I think it was, so we barely got anything. This season, we have got a fair amount of money from reaching the semi-finals, so that is a, a bit of a boost. But next season, we don't have anything coming in. And that's why we really need to go all kind of all guns ho into this summer and absolutely blitz the window 
And we're going to be here talking about it every single day, uh, 8 a.m., transfer dailies. Uh, well, or not transfer, we're not calling it that. What are we calling it? The Arsenal Transfer Show, uh, 8 a.m. every single day. So make sure you tune in for those. There are efforts, I tell you, going into all of those. Uh, Paul Gaia says, Stevie G, uh, at least Rangers play good football. Uh, would I take Steven Gerrard? I, he's done a really good job at Rangers. And Brendan Rodgers did a really good job at Celtic and look how he's doing at Leicester. But again, I just don't think... Um, I just don't think he's experienced enough. I've, I've really been burned by this Arteta thing. Um, and I know I talk about experience being overrated and I think it is. But I think whilst I think that experience is overrated, inexperience isn't. Um, and we've learned that. You can get an experienced coaching like Emery and it can go to absolute, you know what. So, but inexperience is what, what worries me. And we've seen obviously Lampard do well at Derby, who are a championship level team. I look at Rangers and I think they would probably be a, a championship level team. High championship, maybe low Premier League. Um, no disrespect. And I just don't know if that would be the right way. I also don't think... The fact he's very, very Liverpool, isn't he? He's very Liverpool. And I I know that we've got Arteta in as a very Arsenal man. It's not gone well. But I don't know. It's just something weird about Steven Gerrard being Arsenal coach. That's a little bit, you know, a little bit a little bit tricky. Cayman <laughs> uh, says, question, Tom, are we incorrect at looking at dropping out of the Europa League as an incentive for the Cronkies to sell? Yes, we are. I would have thought winning would have upped the value of the club and allowed him to ask for more money. Cayman, the reason why we are incorrect to think that us dropping out of the Europa League is any more intention for him to sell is because he doesn't care. I don't know how many times this needs to be said, and I'm not. this isn't a dig at you, Cayman. It's a fair question to ask. But I don't know how many times it has to be said for people to understand that Kroenke does not care about you, about me, about the fans, about competing, about where we finish, about whatever. He doesn't care. He just cares about money. And I know what you'll say, but we need to be in European competition to make more money. Yes, you're right. But Arsenal are a team that, let's face it, it would take a hell of a lot for us to get relegated, as we've seen this season. We've been pretty much as bad as we can be, and we're still pretty far from relegation. And the Premier League money is bloody good, as is the TV money, as is the prospect of another Super League scenario, which I'm not putting off the table. Super League ideas, guys, is not dead, by the way. This isn't over. They will be back. Those those eyes. I mean, even FIFA that have downplayed or tried to get rid of this breakaway Super League, they themselves are pitching the idea of a Super League in Africa right now. There are members on the FIFA Council that want to see World Leagues put into place. This idea about Super Leagues, World Leagues is far from dead. It's not over. It is so, so far from finished. I don't think it ever will be finished, to be honest. So, no. The incentive for money in football is always there for Kroenke, and so he does not care about where we are. The only two ways that this ends is if we hurt his pocket, which we, we could do if everyone joins together, but I don't think that happens because I think there's too many people that want to go back to the stadium, want to go back and watch Arsenal play. And the other way is if a bid comes in of ridiculous magnitude that convinces him to sell. Um, that is it. That's the only ways I see it going. But there's nothing in regards to Arsenal's performance 
or where they finish or what they win or what they don't win that affects the Cronkies in absolutely no way, shape or form. That's the thing. Um, and the differences in money from, say, winning, like getting into the Champions League and just being in the Premier League is not enough to bother him. It's not enough to change that. It just isn't. Um, a says, us being, uh, us not being, sorry, in a European competition could help us next season. Our squad depth is atrocious. Yes, A, it's a fantastic point and it's been brought up by quite a few people on the shows and I've seen it being brought up, for, and I say shows because this is the fourth show since we've lost yesterday. Um, crazy. Uh, so make sure you drop a like and appreciate the effort that's going into these. Um, but the, the, the thing is, is that Arsenal squad is so lacking in quality and depth. It's got depth. We've got a huge squad. It's just not very good. And next season, we can focus on the cup competitions. We can focus on getting up the Premier League table. I want to win a cup next season. I want to win the FA Cup again. I want to win the League Cup. I want to win these. It's trophies. That's what I care about. I'm not in 50 years' time. When I'm still when I'm doing eight shows a day instead of three, <laughs> um, I want to be looking back and thinking when we won a trophy, not when we got into the top four or whatever. It's important. I'm not saying it's, it's not important to get in the top four. But what I'm saying is, is that the cup competitions next season, even though we're not in Europe, is still important. It's still key. It still must be a, a priority to go for those because we have more capacity to, much more capacity to go for those cup competitions. So yes, 100%, go for the cups at the same time. 100%. Um in fact, you know what? I'm going to put I'm going to put my neck out there and I like doing this. I'm going to say Arsenal are going to win the FA Cup next season. That's all I'm going to say. I just think I just have a feeling, you know, with with no European football, we're going to win the cup again, guys. It's just let's let's start getting positive. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> oh, what do I do to myself? Oh man, this club, what has it done to me? It's broken me. Absolutely. It's absolutely broken me. I never learn. I never learn. James says 1.8 billion plus taking on the debts that Cronky has underwritten would take it over the two billion pound and possible government legislation could harm him in the future. And that's why, I mean, you're echoing what I've said, James. I said the only way that this happens is if a significant bid comes in. I still think it needs to be more than the 1.8 billion um, floor bid that goes in. I think it will need to be more. Uh, I might be wrong. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, people are wrong. Always. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr says, it could be worse, Tom. Despite everything, we could be Spurs. Oh, yes. Amir says, too much optimism, Tom. Amir, if I wasn't optimistic... I wouldn't be doing these shows because I could not come on and sit and be negative. That is for damn sure. Peter, it might, it might get the views being negative, but, you know, I much prefer to be the optimistic and positive guy that I try to be. Peter Renner, say, I know you have semi-answered it just uh, now, but you have no Euro football or have the Conference League and no first team and youth players to give them the game time. I, I agree this is something that um, people have thought about, but... There are a lot of teams in the Premier League that produce some very good young players um, and some teams that are at the top of the table that produce some good young players and they don't necessarily use the Europa League or the Champions League to, to, to blood them. Um, I mean, you look, look at the Champions League clubs. They are producing young players. I mean, you look at Liverpool, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Curtis Jones coming into the first team, playing good football, playing really well, 
and they've been in the Champions League. They've not had a competition to blood those youngsters. Phil Foden coming into Manchester City. It's, it's a myth. I, you don't need the Europa League to, to blood youngsters. Um, you don't. You don't need the Europa League. You put them on the bench, you give them some minutes in Prem games, and that's how you do it. The Europa League wasn't always a thing. The European Cup competitions weren't always used to blood youngsters. It's a very kind of new concept that I still think is very overblown. So no, I don't. that doesn't worry me at all, Peter. Um, not at all. Uh, Sankofa says, what do you think about Martinez? Um, Belgian coach, can he do a job at Arsenal? Um, he was sacked by Everton uh, in 2016 for being 12th. Uh, with that club. Um, and at Belgium, he has got an amazing group of players. The best group of players in a national side, maybe in the world, uh, during the period that he's been in charge. So I'm not sure if Roberto Martinez is is the right choice, especially for a club level situation. So I would stay away from that, personally. I think there's enough to kind of go, no, probably not. Probably not. Uh, Luke Howard says, it feels like we've been relegated. Uh, Dim says that he reckons that I'm actually broken, uh, which, yeah, I, I don't blame you. I, I feel broken too, mate. It's going to take some time. I'm putting a very brave face on these last few hours, I tell you. Bulgaya says, as we know, Arteta is going nowhere. If things remain the same, how long is the new season should Arteta get? Well, I, I don't think he should get any, any time at all. I think we should be moving on from him now. But if we're thinking realistically, if things aren't going well at the start, I think he gets a couple of months. I think if we go into the start of the season, we like win two out of five. If we, well, it may be a bit more than that. If we, yeah, I don't know. If we lose, say, five out of 10 games, four out of eight games, four out of five games, I don't know. It's, I just, you know, I, I don't think it'll be, I should, I don't feel like it'll be long. I, I do feel like the owners or the ownership will still sack managers. I mean, Emery got sacked for a lot less than what we saw this season. So there must be a cutting point where they are, they will just, I mean, they have full control of the club now as well. So there must come a time where you have to go, no, I'm sorry. This is just cut it, sort it, move on, change it. Um, Divian says, we definitely have a captain slash leadership situation at Arsenal. Do you think someone like Chesney or Ramsey coming back helps that? No, um, because we had a leadership problem when they were here. So, no, I don't think it does. Matthew Hudson says, uh, there is also financial legislation that may come into play in the US. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to hear more about that, go talk to Mike from the Gooners Pods. He'll give you a good rundown about that. Um, and I know we think he's talked about that before as well. James Rose says, if Arteta stays, do Arsenal bring in better assistance to help him and watch uh, and watching BT Sports? Did you get the impression Freddie didn't get on with him? I didn't listen to Freddie's uh, breakdown, to be honest. I, 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 I find when pundits talk on on channels it's it's very difficult for them not to be invested in a way it's very hard not to be a little bit um salty sometimes so and there's always an element of arrogance about footballers so i wouldn't take their word as gospel um but in regards to his assistants i mean steve round is a very experienced assistant um his other assistant um is also fairly experienced and has worked at some big clubs so 
I don't think it's necessarily about that. And and a manager isn't defined by his assistants. I'm sure that's a fact. Yeah, sure, it's a factor. And assistants do help. But, I mean, Liverpool, you look at Jurgen Klopp and you had the guy that was behind... I can't remember his name. Someone in the chat box will tell me. Um, the guy that was behind him left and Liverpool went on and won all the things they did because Klopp in himself is a great manager. So... It's you can't you can't expect the coach of the club of a size like Arsenal to be surrounded by these quality assistants and that to be enough. You need the quality coach in the first place um, to, to to really push us forward. So I'm not I'm not inclined to agree there. Um, Buvach, that's who it was. Thank you, Neptune. Um, Michael Headley says Freddie said you can't say you deserve to win a game when you had two shots on target. There you go. Um, Joe Weston says, who do you think we can get as right back realistically? I think there's a few options, Joe. I think you look at Emerson at Real Betis slash Barca. I think you look at Celic from Lille as a really good option. I'm not the biggest fan. People say dumb freeze. I'm not a big fan. Personally, I think he's got a bit of, in my view, I think his ceiling is lower than that of some of the other options that we're linked to. I think there are some really good options in the Eredivisie that we could go for, but dumb freeze is, is not for me one of those. My three that I would pick, kind of Emerson, uh, less realistic, someone like Mukiele at RB Leipzig. Um, Celic at Lille has been very good this season. And there's one other um, I mean, if you look inwards and you go to England, Lamptey, of course, I think Lamptey is, I haven't seen enough from him and I think his injury record is a bit of an issue um, as well. Uh, Egyptian Gunnar says Atal is great. Egyptian Gunnar, what I would say is, is that opinion, and I am, I, I'm sorry if this comes across offensive, but that opinion is very much based on FIFA and not necessarily what you see in real life. You watch Nice play, Atal is is nowhere near as good as he may be for you on FIFA. That is all I'm going to say uh, on that matter. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's a decent player. But there are a hell of a lot better options out there than Atal um, uh, at Nice. That is for sure. And having watched, tried to watch a fair bit of Saliba, I have not been impressed with Atal's performances from Nice. So... That's that's all I'm saying. Uh, Indanil says, what about the Sander Burge links? Um, I, I'm open to the Sander Burge idea. Um, and I think that, and by the way, Egyptian Gunnar, fair play for taking my point as it was. Uh, thank you for not misconstruing it. Indanil says, uh, what about Sander Burge links? I think that the Sander Burge situation is that he would do better at a better club. I think that he was underused by Chris Wilder. I think that Chris Wilder is very kind of, uh, what's the right way to use it? Loyal to the players that helps him get up from the championship. And that is probably what cost him his job in the end. And he should have used Sanderberg more and more influentially and given him a better and more kind of pivotal role in the team. And I feel like he could do a much better job at a bigger club. He did really well at Genk. Um, I think it was Genk it was. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's a fine option. And it would be a little bit, a bit of a savvy business. I think that you could get a Sanderberg. And if, say, we're going to lose Granite Xhaka and El Nini in the summer, you can go get a Basuma on top of that. You can go and get extra players. You can go get a Basuma. I want to see Mikel Moreno or a Fabian Ruiz. I know I'm, on, I know I'm in dreamland, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not a bad option at all. Aaron says Lamptey had a good couple of months, then has disappeared. Well, he's disappeared, Aaron, because he's injured. <laughs> so that's, that's why he's disappeared. Um, James wrote, uh, Tony, I'm not a big fan of Tony James. I think... His start, he's very raw for a 24 year old. A lot of his goals, he scored his, his stats are padded in regards to kind of the goals that he scores. If you see the goals he scored this season, I, I yeah, it's a lot quite that are quite fortunate. 
finishes, right place, right time, which I know, you, yeah, sure, it's a good trait to have, but they are very fortunate strikes. I'm not the biggest fan of, of Ivan Tony personally. I think there's better options uh, than Ivan Tony. Uh, P. Trim says, you said uh, you watched Saliba at Nice. How did he look? He's looked confident, mate. He's looked like a leader. And and he looks a lot, he looks, basically plays a lot older than his age is. Um, I have been impressed. He's no, he's far from perfect. He's far from the finished article. He still makes mistakes. He still makes some silly kind of judgment errors. His positioning at times can be a bit off. And he's very eager. But he has got that kind of um, leadership quality that I think Arsenal need in the defence. He's got the confidence, the arrogance. I, I love a defender of arrogance. Not too much, of course, but I think that we've got a gem and we just need to use him. So I hope he gets a chance next season. I hope he comes back with a good mindset, which is going to be a challenge for him because of the situation that he's been dealt. But yeah, I like it. We're going to do a tactical breakdown on him, Petrim. We're going to do a, a dedicated show on Saliba and breaking him down and getting some expert insight. Jeremy Smith is going to help us out with that one. So don't worry. We're going to give you all the insight at the end of the season about how Saliba has got on um, at Nice. So don't you worry. We've got that covered. Make sure you subscribe and turn those notifications on to get that content. Um, Sai says, uh, we have the, uh, the worst goal-scoring midfield. Do you think that Basuma offers anything going forwards only in a passing sense and not in comparison to Partey? Um, and not in regards to goals. I think he has one this season in the league at least. Um so he doesn't offer us too much going forwards. What I think he what I think he would do though, Sai, is I think that he would allow Partey to be better going forwards, be more expressive. You wouldn't have to worry about the discipline side of the game because Basuma would be much more the disciplined presence in the midfield. When people say they're too similar, I think that's a lazy comparison. I don't think they are too similar at all. Um, the only thing that they're similar is their mobilities. They're, they're both quite mobile midfielders. But actually, in regards to their styles, Basuma is a lot more reserved, um, in my view, in comparison to Partey. Partey is better. I think Partey's top gunner game that we've seen has not been what we what we can see from him. I think he's a lot better than what he's shown us. But I think that he's I think they are uh different. I think they are uh, more different than people actually give them credit for. Uh Cayman says, who is the new uh Kazola? We need to replace Kazola so bad. I mean I mean there's it's hard. Cayman isn't there's not too many players like Kazola unfortunately out there. So uh it's tricky. Uh Yonick says spend everything on Milinkovic, Savic, Yonic, I would love to. I would love to. I think he's going to go Real Madrid. Um, they're interested in him. He wants to go to them. Um, so I think that's that's probably where he'll end up. But uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Yonic, you're spot on, mate. But as I think with the crying laughing face that you've used, you understand how unrealistic that would be. Uh, and Lazio are probably going to have European football next season. I know they're just outside the top four right now. Um, so let's have a look. They're sixth or seventh at the moment. Uh, they're sixth on 64 points. So they are five points with a game in hand. So they could go within two points of fourth spots. Oh, it's so exciting in Serie A this season in the top four race. It really is. That's just, that's crazy. There could be two points separating second and sixth. That is so that's crazy. Um, some really good battles going on this season um, in the continental leagues. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr says, "Tom, we are all hurting from last night and the complete disarray our club appears to now be in, compounding the known issues. What single-minded target should we aim for next season?" Joe, 
The single-minded target that we aim for next season starts before the season even begins. It's it's getting in five starters minimum and two uh, depth players in left-back and, and goalkeeper. Maybe even six starters if Leno goes and you have to replace him. That's my target, mate. The target is the squad. The target is improving what we have because that the bedrock of what Arsenal is comes from the team and the coach. I don't think the coach is going to go. So you focus on the team, you improve it. That's the target. Then you focus on... For me, there's no target in regards to where Arsenal finish. We just need to progress. We need to start improving. We need to start getting better. There's no point setting these magical targets of, say, top four, whatever, cup, whatever. There's no point setting those targets. The only target Arsenal need right now is to improve the team and to progress and to improve and to compete on a better level, more consistently. That's that's our target. Um, so, yeah. As a fan base, our target should be getting the owners out. That's that's what our target is as the fan base, is we need to put as much pressure as feasibly possible in the most legal way to get the owners out. That's, that's our target. But the club, no. Target number one, fix the team, change the coach, and get better. Progress. Move forwards. That's that's it. That's 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 all it is, mate. Um, so I hope that answers your question. And that does take us very kindly to the hour mark, which is the end of today's show. Thank you ever so much, people, for tuning in. Drop a like. As always, it's been the third show of the day, less than 24 hours after the lowest point of my Arsenal supporting life, and probably for many of you guys as well. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for the next transfer show. I imagine there's going to be a few interesting links to some Ajax goalkeepers and some other magical stuff that should break this evening. Um, and, of course, there will then be a preview show for the... Is it West Brom? I don't even know. We're playing. I don't care. <laughs> Who are we playing on Sunday? Is it West Brom? I don't... It is West Brom. Okay, so it's going to be a preview for West Brom. Yay. I mean, the the, the lineup should be good because I want to see youngsters. I want to see Balogun. I want to see Aziz. I want to see these kids playing because it's pointless. The league's done. Season's over. It's dead. This is pre-season now. That's what this season is. It's pre-season. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the lineups. Members, if you want to join me for the fun, of course, you'll be able to just let me know the Discord server and you can come on the preview. And if you would like to join me in the future and be involved in our Discord servers, our constant chat, a great football group of guys and gals in that Discord server, um, yeah, join uh, as a member, an expert member, and you can join our Discord server. So make sure you give that a go. Uh, but it's been a pleasure. As always, guys, uh, to speak to you, go check out the tickets of football prizes and go get yourself a signed Tony Adams shirt if you're lucky. Um, I'll see you again tomorrow morning for the, for the show, for the Raw Reactions, Arsenal Transfer Show. It's been a pleasure as always, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.